Number three, an Olympic shame. Reginald lived in a grand, grand house. There he had a swimming court, basketball court, and athletics tracks. Everything you could need to be a sportsman. All he had ever thought about was sport, particularly Olympic Games. His father had even installed a fighting cage once MMA had been made an official Olympic sport. This year, the Olympics was coming to Europe, and Reginald knew it was his only chance to make it to the Games. For the previous years had been all around the world, and he didn't think he could afford to go. Two years before the Olympics started, Reginald began training in earnest at a multitude of disciplines. He wasn't sure what he could do at the games, but surely there was something for him. Maybe even another new sport would appear during the meantime. Sports were always being added to the Olympics. That's what Reginald had read in his book. And so it came to the year of the Olympic Games, and Reginald was ready. He turned up to the tryouts. Trek came last. Pool came last. Hammer throw came second last, still didn't qualify. And finally, it came to MMA, mixed martial arts, cage fighting. That's right, it was an Olympic sport now, official. The signatures had been made, the lines had been dotted, Reginald stepped in the cage. Against him was a man from Lithuania, strong man with big muscles and two tattoos. Reginald was strong as well. He had been training for this, remember? And he fancied his chances. The man sure was strong and talented and muscular, but Reginald had the fortitude to do it. In the third round, he took him down, punched through the face, punched the gut. He mounted him. And then the bell rang. Three rounds had elapsed, just before he could finish the fight. The whole arena looked to the judges. Three of them there were, and they held their scorecards. Reginald got an eight, a seven, and an eight. The Lithuanian, a seven, an eight, and a six. That was it. Reginald had won, and he was going to the Olympics. Reginald continued his training ahead of the games, in earnest this time, now that he was assured of going. His father, Mr. Reginald, bought him all the best equipment, gloves, an even newer octagon, and other gear. He knew that he would need to be the best in order to reach a medal status, which is all he really wanted. Bronze, silver, or gold. Preferably gold, of course. Reginald flew on a first-class jet all the way to the Olympics in Europe. His father paid for everything. Once he got there, he found the Olympic Village, simple enough because he was in a stretched limo, which drove him everywhere. The other fighters resented Reginald for his wealth and for his good looks, which we haven't yet to mention, but he was very, very handsome. I'm going to wreck that face, said one fighter who went by the name of October. Yeah, me too, said another, if I get the chance, that is. There was many tough fighters around, like October. 
Reginald was drawn in the first round against a fighter from Asia. Fighters from Asia were well known for their kickboxing skills, and Reginald thought he could take him if he studied correctly. All night he went on YouTube, found the best kickfighting videos, and studied them hard. It didn't matter if it took all night, he said. I'm going to watch every single video. At about 2.30 a.m., Reginald cracked open a can of Red Bull, the energy drink. This was to allow him to keep studying all through the night. He pounded Red Bulls for hours, studying and studying videos. Finally, he fell asleep. At 10 a.m., that's right, he had been awake all night. The curtains had been closed in the room, so he had never even noticed the sun coming up. The alarm went off, but he was in such a deep sleep, he couldn't hear a thing. Eventually, loud banging on the door did wake Reginald up. Reginald! Reginald! came the bellowing voice of his father from outside. With a jolt, Reginald awoke. Oh dear, he thought, the fight. He quickly jumped in his fight gear, ran to the limo, which drove him straight to the arena. The whole crowd was waiting. The Asian fighter was in the ring, waiting. And the judges were waiting, not impressed. The countdown was on. If Reginald did not make it to the ring within 10 seconds, he would be disqualified. The Olympic dream would be over. But Reginald, having trained for a multitude of disciplines, was a fast man, and he basically performed a hundred meters dash from the entrance straight to the octagon. It was so fast it would have broken the Olympic record had it been actually in the game. That's the most ironic thing I've ever seen, said one spectator who had been to many, many Olympics. There was a murmur around the crowd as he had not made it in time. If Reginald had been one half of a second quicker, he would have made it to the ring in time, but he did not make the 10 count and was disqualified. The Asian fighter arrogantly danced around the ring as if he had won the whole World Cup. This sent our hero, or is he, Reginald, into a rage. All he could see was red. All he could think about was all these years of wasted time preparing for an Olympics that he was disqualified for. He blamed Red Bull. He blamed kickboxing. He blamed YouTube. He even blamed his father and the limo driver for not getting him up early enough and not getting him to the venue quick enough. Everybody but himself. He quickly dove to the mat inside the octagon and began scraping at the floor. He thought, if I can't fight, nobody will fight. He had been growing his fingernails long as he thought this might help with the fighting. But now they were as good as blades and they sawed right through the soft canvas of the octagon, the cage. Soon the entire place was in ribbons. He had cut up everything, everything that was part of the stage and the ring, that is. The fans were in one tact for now, but they were not happy with what they saw. 
People were evacuated quickly. The whole Olympics was soon cancelled as Reginald went on the war path. Soon he showed up at the hammer throw, which he liked. But soon there was no hammers. He had taken them all. He went to the swimming pool and filled it with hammers. Nobody could swim. Then he went to the tennis courts. And he took down the nets and took the balls. Who could play with just rackets on a court? Nobody, of course. This is a shame, said some of the organizers. We had been working towards this for four, maybe eight years since we had decided to try and host the Olympics. And now on the first day, this one boy has ruined everything. It's a shame, not a game. Everybody else in the Olympic community agreed, including the elders of the Olympic Council. Reginald was taken down by military police halfway through the bombardment, but the damage had been done. The Olympics had been cancelled forever. Reginald was taken in front of a military tribunal and charged with terrorism, for that is what it had been, a terror to observe. No death had occurred, strangely, just the loss of possessions and of the infrastructure, physical, of the Olympics. Reginald was thrown into a military prison, much like Guantanamo Bay, where he would get tortured. This would happen as soon as he woke up and as soon as he went to sleep. It never ended. Reginald lived to be an old man in this way, always thinking back to those Olympics, always thinking, what if he hadn't drank that Red Bull? But then the thought would quickly pass and he would blame somebody else. For he'd been raised as a rich boy and had no real conscience or concept that what he did was ever wrong. All he knew was what had happened was an Olympic shame. The end.